I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hi, I'm Madigan, and you're listening to Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist, a podcast that explores the world through a personal feminist perspective. Oh, hi, everyone. Nice to see ya, I guess. Wow. Starting podcasts is one of the most difficult things to do in the entire world, especially when you're by yourself and you just imagine that you're talking to actual people, you want to say things like, good to see you and whatever, but I can't actually see you, unfortunately, though. Wouldn't that be great? But as I say that, I'm also currently still in my pajamas, but I have brushed my teeth, so that is an accomplishment. I am coming at you on the morning of Thanksgiving, so happy Thanksgiving, everyone. I hope that if this is a holiday that you celebrate, you enjoy some time with your family and have some yummy food. I also have a lot of really negative things to say about this holiday. I feel that the actual reason for for it is not so fantastic. And that is why over the next couple of weeks, I am going to be sharing a lot of different Native American stories and how they were affected by colonialism and the colonists themselves. 
And I think it's really important to highlight that during this time. Since this holiday truly has become mostly about the food and the family, but there is still a certain narrative of the first Thanksgiving and what colonialism did to the Native American people that is untrue and is still pushed forth today. So I'm going to do my best to fight against that. But all of that being said, I do still hope that you find some time to think about what you're thankful for, that you have some time with any loved ones that you have today or any time this week. And just know that I am so incredibly thankful to each and every one of you. This show has been going on now for almost six whole years, which is unbelievable for me to even comprehend. And the fact that so many of you have been with me since the beginning and that I've created so many new relationships along the way is just the most amazing thing that I never could have anticipated when Keegan and I started this show six years ago. So when I think of my list of things that I'm most thankful for, this show and all of you is definitely in like the top three. I also wanted to chat with any of my Patreon listeners before I get into the episode because I have been promising you all a Dope is Death documentary recap and your girl is still working on it. It's taking forever because there's so many things in the documentary now that I'm watching it through the lens of doing an episode on it. I'm wanting to pause and research so much stuff. There are so many characters in the documentary, real people, not characters, but there are people in the this documentary that I'm interested in that I wanted to Google and research a bit. So it's taking forever and it might actually end up being a two-parter, especially because I do want to add so many clips to the episode. It's just taking a while. And I do want to just take the time to remind you all that I am a one-woman show. I do all of the research, all of the script writing, all of the recording and sound engineering the hosting, the editing, (laughs) the producing, the marketing, all of it. So bear with me as I do my best with Patreon. But truly, I, again, cannot be more thankful to all of my Patreon listeners who spend their money to get a little bit more mad again and to also financially support this show. And if you like this show and you want me to continue doing this for six more years, wow, that would be wild. It would really, really benefit me a lot for you to join me on Patreon. I've got a couple different options. You can join the Angry Feminist Book Club at the $5 level, which will soon be changing into Mad Gabin with Madigan, a sort of advice column where you can send me in any sort of anonymous questions or confessionals, anything that you want to say, and I'm going to record it and respond to it, and I think it's going to be really, really, really fun. And I really want to get more people active on Patreon. I just think it could be a really, really fun experience. But then again, whatever is financially responsible for you is what I want for you to do. But I do really, really appreciate your support. And there's also an $8 feminist faves level where you get all of the book club soon to be Mad Gabin with Madigan content, as well as these episodes ad free. You get them a little bit early. And I now have an additional 
Patreon perk for the feminist faves, and that is a recap episode of whatever the full-length episode topic was. There's lots of times where I could go off on so many tangents of things that I've learned, or maybe I think of something after I've recorded and edited that I really want to share with you all, but don't have a platform to do so. So those episodes are going to be about 15-minute long mini episodes where I'm just kind of wrapping up everything from that week's full-length episode. I'm sure in the future I'll probably do that for many episodes as well if there's any sort of additional information that comes out after the episode has been released or between the time that I've recorded the episode and put it out into the world, so on and so forth. So if you are interested in a little bit of extra content regarding whatever is on the main feed, go ahead and head on over to patreon.com slash angryneighborhoodfeminist or you can click the link in the show notes and it'll take you there where you can either join the five or eight dollar levels I appreciate you all I need to stop talking because I actually have a lot of things that I want to talk about today and a lot of it is also pretty serious so let's all just take a deep breath and prepare ourselves for this week's news topics Hamas and the Israeli government have agreed upon a four-day ceasefire in exchange for the release of more hostages, with the possibility of an extension in the ceasefire depending on an additional 10 hostages being released per day. The agreement mandates the release of 50 hostages in Gaza in exchange for 150 Palestinian hostages in Israel. Most of these hostages being released in Gaza are civilian women and children. Reportedly, 240 hostages total have been captured by Hamas, but around 8,300 Palestinian people are currently held in Israel. Wow, that is just an astronomical number of hostages to be held. And I do have to note before I go much further that I am Very, very pleased with the fact that there has been some sort of agreement upon a at least brief ceasefire. I have been one of those people who have been calling for ceasefire and hoping for that. So I'm hoping that this initial four-day period will continue to extend so there can be an end to this terrible, terrible fighting. On top of the release of the hostages, part of the agreement is that medical aid must also be sent to Gaza. This deal came after weeks of mounting pressure from other countries, including the United States, over the state of the civilians in Gaza. Local officials say there are more than 140,000 people, including 5,000 children, that have been killed in Israel's aerial bombardment and ground assaults, and more than 1.6 million Palestinians have been displaced as a result. I There's something where once the numbers get so big, it's like your brain cannot fathom that amount of death and that amount of devastation. And honestly, this is the main reason why I haven't been giving updates on the war between Israel and Hamas right now, because it's it, it affects me. It really, really affects me. It is very, very hard for me to imagine that number of people who have been affected by this terrible, terrible violence 
and the number of people who have died, the number of people who are being held hostage and taken from their families and loved ones. When I think about things like that, it makes me want to crawl back into bed and never come out. I just cannot fathom the amount of devastation that is occurring right now. Each side has begun to release hostages in small batches every 24 hours. Five hostages have been released in total thus far. Three Americans were part of the first group of hostages released. They included two adults and a three-year-old girl named Abigail. The Israeli Prime Minister released a list of 300 prisoners eligible for release. On that list were 123 teenagers between the ages of 14 and 17, held on allegations of throwing rocks and contacting banned terrorist groups and other offenses. There are 33 women aged 18 to 59 also accused of a variety of crimes. There are also 144 18-year-old males. Israel is holding more than 4,700 Palestinians in total. Now, the hostages that are being released are an incredibly small number in comparison to the number of hostages that are in either Gaza or Israel right now. And my hope is that we can continue to extend this ceasefire, continue to release more and more hostages as quickly and safely as possible, and getting them the physical and mental health care that they are desperately going to be needing. I will surely be updating all of you on the ceasefire in particular as we go forward. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. In another absolutely devastating event this week, on Saturday, November 23rd, a 23-year-old woman by the name of Ana Clara Benavidos Muchado was attending the Taylor Swift Eras Tour concert in Rio de Janeiro at the Estadio Olimpico Nilton Santos venue, when she suffered a cardiac arrest before the start of the concert. She was taken to the hospital by paramedics and was pronounced dead an hour later. 
On the day of the concert, Rio de Janeiro recorded an abnormal heat index of 59.3 degrees Celsius or 138.7 degrees Fahrenheit. I can not imagine that level of heat. And this is part of a heat wave that has swept across South America recently. Nevertheless, the entertainment company that put the concert on, T4F or Time for Fun, reportedly prohibited concert goers from bringing their own water bottles to the venue, citing security concerns as their reasoning for this. Well then, in my opinion, a solution would be for free water stations available across the venue, but that was not the case. Before the show even began, about 1,000 fans fainted due to hydration. What the fuck? Videos have also gone viral of Taylor Swift herself having to throw water bottles into the audience when she notices fainting fans from the stage, and she began ordering team members to dispense water bottles to them. Chants of, water, 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 could be heard in the audience. Anna had been in line for about eight hours before the stadium opened up for the show. In the meantime, she posted videos of herself on social media and described the long waiting period outside the venue as a, quote, mess. She had allegedly been drinking plenty of water during this period as she and her friends had brought their own water bottles along. And once they got inside, they purchased room temperature water from T4F. She reported to the paramedics at the venue shortly after the concert commenced and was taken to the first aid center. She then fainted during the second song of the set list. She was quickly transferred to the hospital where it was reported that she arrived without a pulse. She would pass away an hour after arriving at the hospital. Anna was born on July 22, 2000 in Sonora, Mato Grosso do Sul, Brazil. She was currently studying psychology at the Federal University of Rondonopolis and was scheduled to graduate this spring. Her friends described her as a big Taylor Swift fan and that Anna had been fulfilling a dream by traveling across the country on her first airplane flight, no less, to see her idol. Her death, understandably, has created widespread anger at T4F for their poor management of the concert amongst the dangerous heat. The personal water bottle ban had been set in place since the first concert of Swift's in Rio. In response to Anna's death, Brazilian federal authorities announced that, quote, free water would be made available at all future concerts and made more easily accessible. The Minister of Justice in Brazil tweeted that the Ministry of Justice and Public Security will be implementing emergency rules regarding access to water at public events from here on out. They had allegedly given T4F a 24-hour deadline to provide information surrounding the death of Anna, including how the ban on access to water was reached, the availability of drinking fountains, the deployment of medical staff at the stadium, and procedures undertaken to help Anna. Congresswoman Erica Hilton and member of the National Chamber of Deputies filed a complaint on the company with the Ministry of Justice and Public Security, stating that TF4 has to be held responsible for its, quote, criminal offense. I completely agree with her. There is no way that they should have allowed a water ban with almost 140 degree Fahrenheit temperatures. That is absolutely criminal. 
Erica Hilton also introduced a draft of a bill that would make free water and drinking fountains at concerts mandatory and penalize companies that deny entry to concert goers carrying water. Fans of Taylor Swift took to the internet and created a Change.org petition on November 18th, the day after Anna's death, demanding Benavides Law, which would make water in events mandatory and would be named after Anna. The petition received more than 150,000 signatures in just hours. I gotta say, that is the power of Taylor Swift. She is so beloved all over the world that she can really make a lot of change happen, which is why I get so angry when she does problematic shit or when she doesn't speak out in times that would be really, really beneficial. In response to the heat wave and the tragic events from the night of November 17th, Taylor Swift announced that she would be postponing the concert on November 18th. On November 18th, temperatures were reportedly worse than the day before, and Swift explained on social media that, quote, the safety and well-being of my fans, fellow performers, and crew has to and always will come first. Unfortunately, this was announced just two hours before the show was scheduled to start, which pissed off a lot of the concert goers who are already at the venue. You don't want to deal with sweaty, pissed off, dehydrated fans. <laughs> Anna's mother and father have both been interviewed since their daughter's passing. Her dad is angered by the water bottle ban and her mother spoke with journalists stating that neither Taylor Swift nor T4F have been in contact with the family, nor have they offered any sort of financial help in transporting the body back to Sonora for the funeral and the cost of the funeral itself. Taylor Swift, you better step up as you are one of the wealthiest people on the planet, not to mention one of the most influential. But instead of Swift, it's been the fans that have stepped up. Along with creating the petition for a new law, they have also organized online donations for the family to cover costs. Some fans have planned to protest at Swift's concerts due to her negligence by remaining silent after the performer sings a song called Champagne Problems, which I guess is usually followed by several minutes of applause and screaming. But Anna's family came to Swift's defense and requested that this plan be canceled and to not blame her for their daughter's death. That's very big of them. But it was very clear that she was very, very concerned with the members of her audience. Like I said, there was a video that went viral where in the middle of one of her songs, she's calling for water bottles and asking for help and then literally throwing water bottles out into the audience when she's noticing people fainting. So I don't hold her personally responsible, but I do think that because this occurred at your concert and you have more money than you could possibly know what to do with, I feel like it could be put to good use by supporting this family. On November 20th, it was stated that the Civil Police Department in Rio started an inquiry into T4F in its consumer delegations wing for the crime of endangering the life and health of concert goers. The heat wave that is continuing to rage on in Rio de Janeiro is so unbelievably dangerous, and I hope that everyone is taking safety precautions my heart absolutely breaks for Anna's family. She went to a concert to have a fun and enjoyable night and to see her idol perform and it ended up in her death. And to me, there's nothing more tragic than that. Okay, I don't want to end the episode on that sad note. So I want to tell you all about something that appeared on my Instagram feed. 
the headline read that the Pope ate some pasta with trans folks. And I was like, I got to know more about that. On Sunday, November 18th, Pope Francis hosted lunch for 1,200 poor and unhoused people in the Vatican, including several trans women, many of whom were sex workers. The lunch was held in recognition of the Catholic Church's Day of the Poor. Just sounds so very Catholic. This also came days after the Vatican declared that trans people can now be baptized and can become godparents, so long as doing so doesn't, quote, pose the risk of generating public scandal or disorientation. So I got excited at the start of that statement, then found myself disappointed by the end. In what world is it not going to create some sort of scandal in the Catholic Church for most trans people becoming baptized? I feel like most churches are going to have an issue with it or someone's going to have something negative to say about that because, you know, the Catholics are not really known for their open mindedness. And this also leaves so much room for interpretation as it doesn't clarify what constitutes a scandal. One person complaining could be enough. While this is a really nice try, it's really not perfect. And Pope Francis and the Catholic Church have a long way to go in the way of improving. But lately, it does seem that Pope Francis has made some public strides toward connecting with the LGBTQ plus Catholic community, which I greatly appreciate. Pope Francis has really yo-yoed back and forth between his support and then he'll say really shitty things about the LGBTQ plus community. So who the fuck knows? I feel like... All in all, the Catholic Church is a pretty like political system, especially in the Vatican when you're talking about the Pope. So I feel like it's the same as any politician where he is probably making decisions based on what he's advised and not necessarily based on like what his true ideals are. I don't know what Pope Francis believes about the LGBTQ community. I hope that he is going to be a force of change for the better when it comes to acceptance for people in the church, because I am not one of those people that feels a draw to the church at all, but I know that there are a lot of queer people out there who do wish that they still had a home in their church community, but feel very pushed out and ostracized because of that. I actually just listened to a really, really fantastic serialized podcast that I'm surprised I haven't told you all about yet called Dear Alana. And massive trigger warning, it does have to do with the suicide of a young girl. And this girl really, really wanted to become a nun. She was a super devoutly Catholic young woman still in high school and then into her early college years, but she was also attracted to women. And the podcast was just so informative because I didn't really know all of the ins and outs of conversion therapy and what conversion therapy looks like today and what the Catholic Church has to say about being gay What I found really interesting was that they refer to it as being a same-sex attraction, and it's described as being more of an affliction that can be cured. And I'm sure you've all heard this phrase a million times, but this podcast really drives home the Catholic Church's belief in hating the sin, not the sinner, 
And I think that because of that knowledge that I gained, part of me reads this story with the belief that, you know, they're loving the person, but they still maybe don't agree with the quote unquote choices that they've made in their lives because they do believe, like I said, that these sorts of things are an affliction or a choice or a sort of mental health condition. And it also doesn't help that at some point in history, being gay was considered to be a mental health condition. So while I think that this is a very, very fantastic gesture, I'm still going to be very, very skeptical of the Catholic Church, as I always will be as a former Catholic child myself. Definitely go listen to Dear Alana. It's like everywhere you listen to podcasts. It was super popular, I think, earlier on this year, but I finally just got around to listening to it, and holy shit, so good. All right, that is everything that I have for you today. I'm glad that I was able to finish off the episode with a topic that was a little bit more lighthearted because, my goodness, there was a lot going on this week. If there's anything that you want me to touch on in the mini episode in the future, please email me at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram at angryneighborhoodfeminist with any news topic suggestions or suggestions for full-length episodes. I always love to hear from all of you, so please never be afraid to reach out and say hello and give me some, uh, give me some suggestions, everybody. If you want even more Madigan and you want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash angry neighborhood feminist or click the link in the show notes to direct you over to the Patreon where you can either join the Angry Feminist Book Club for $5 a month or you can become a feminist fave for $8 a month. Last but certainly not least, if you are a fan of this show and you think that others should take a listen as well, please go on over to your Apple Podcast app if you have an iPhone and leave a five-star review with a quick sentence about why you enjoy the show. Even if you are not a listener on Apple Podcasts and you prefer Spotify, it does really, really help to get that review on Apple Podcasts because those are the reviews that are the most widespread. But if you listen on Spotify, I'm also not going to say no to a rating over there. Okay, everyone, that's all I have for you today. Happy Thanksgiving. Once again, I'm so thankful for each and every one of you. With all of that being said, I encourage you to rage on. Bye. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues, and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.